Welcome to Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase, a micro podcast series brought to you by the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News, your connection for nonprofit news and jobs. In each episode, you will join Jane Page Steiner, owner and publisher of the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News, as she talks with leaders and professionals about topics and issues of interest to the nonprofit community. Tune in as we cut to the chase and help you quickly gain knowledge and insights on important nonprofit issues. Welcome to Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase. I'm your host, Jane Page Steiner. Nonprofits are always looking for ways to create a bigger impact. Partnerships and collaborations can enable nonprofits to leverage their resources. But how do you create alliances that work for you and your organization? What do you need to know before you enter into a partnership with another nonprofit? In this episode, we are speaking with Shannon Starkey-Taylor, CEO of The Learning Grove, about nonprofit partnerships and collaborations. Welcome, Shannon. Thanks so much for having me, Jane. I've listened to a couple of these podcasts, but it's great to be kind of on the other side having this conversation with you. Well, thank you for that. Before we get started, I want to remind our listeners to stick around till the end of the podcast when we will hear a fun joke from Shannon, as we always like to end with a smile. Also, if you want to learn more about the Learning Grove or how to contact Shannon, go to our podcast page on our website at jpsnonprofit.com. Well, Shannon, let's jump right in and cut to the chase. Before someone reaches out to another organization about a possible collaboration or partnership, what are some key things you think they should consider? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it starts with the agency's mindset. I mean, just really very basic. Do you want to collaborate? Um, This is not um, for the faint of heart collaborations. They lead to amazing things but it takes a lot of rigor and stamina. So I think nonprofits need to be very clear on if first, do they want to collaborate? Have they done some internal work um, to acknowledge their strengths and their weaknesses and some opportunities to collaborate? Is their executive team going to be on board with the CEO or are they going to be running out the door the second that they say the word? So really at Learning Grove, we believe in the mindset, skill set, and then the tool sets. And we look through things through that lens. So I would say first start with, a check as a CEO, um, am I primed? Am I ready? Um, do I have the capacity? Do I have the mindset, a collaborative mindset? That's where I would begin. Okay. So based on your experience, sort of, sort of what you alluded to in, in your answer there, what do you see as some of the hardest aspects of a partnership or a reliance? Yeah, well, definitely power. The power and control, which often doesn't get talked about. So when you're coming together um, for a collaboration or partnership, you are um, losing some power and control as a CEO. Mm -hmm. And many of us are in the position because we like making decisions, but you really need to put that on hold, your power and your control, or some people call it your own agenda. So I think some of the hardest is also getting the CEO in the mindset to check that at the door, so to speak. Um, You also need to be very, very clear on the why. Why are we coming together? And I know we've all heard Simon Sinek's the why. I think we can use this with collaborations too. What's driving us? Because the collaboration, you know, you need to look at it from a means to an end and an ends to a mean. 
the collaboration isn't the end goal. It's the collective impact, which I'm passionate about. I think true collaborations that lead to collective impact, the true collaborations I've appreciated are ones where no single organization could do it alone. So why are we, once you get to the mindset, why are we collaborating? What are we trying to tackle as a single organization um, that we've not been able to tackle, that it takes more of us at the table? So that those would be the first things I would think about. Okay. So Shannon, I would like to explore what you were just saying a little bit more, you know, why people want to collaborate and do a partnership. Can you share maybe some of what you've seen as some of the key benefits to that? Sure. Um, so what I was mentioning is it's, it's a problem that you acknowledge that's getting in the way of you fully reaching your impact. So nonprofits, obviously, as you know, Jane, exist for impact. Yeah. So what, what is a challenge that we're working on that we've sat around the table, we've tried to dissect, we've done the five whys and everything else, and we just can't tackle it. And it might be that we don't have the right skill set or enough of the skill set, the capacity, the problem's too large. So where I've seen it work also is where there's no money on the table, which might sound a little counterintuitive, but I'll, I'll point to one collaboration between um, early childhood and mental health professionals. So years and years ago, there was um, a problem with children being kicked out, preschoolers get being kicked out of preschool and then later kindergarten. And people were like, what? Young children have these severe behavioral issues and people couldn't even wrap their head around it. So we had early childhood agencies struggling with the children in their childcare. We had mental health agencies that were used to serving adolescents. So we got on the phone, a couple of us organizations doing one or the other. And we said, are you struggling with this? We started around the table, very grassroots. I think that's what I want the listeners to hear today is that collaboration, as they know, takes on all different kinds of forms. Um, all of it takes intentionality, but it can take on different forms. And there was no money attached. There was no grant that we were writing together. And we said, we are struggling with this issue. So it was pretty informal and later became fairly formal. It didn't turn into a 501c3, but we did write grants together and we had a shared goal and we shared resources. So I think it starts with having some humility as a nonprofit, knowing what you're really good at and knowing what areas you're not making enough impact in, looking around, being very intentional with your networking, doing some prospect research first. If you don't have um, formal partnerships with somebody already and saying, who's doing this really well, or even who is struggling with this, but might have some more bandwidth. So I think those are really good places to start. Yeah. So as you think back on the various collaborations and alliances and partnerships you've had through the years, what are some lessons that you've learned that you wish you maybe would have known at the first? Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Those are the ones where I go, oh, right. If I had only known, you know, some of them went too quickly. And, and one in particular, um, everything seemed to check off the box, you know, from it, they offered a service that we didn't necessarily offer, it would round out um, the our services array and be complementary. The values on paper seem to be aligned. I think they often fail in the implementation because the culture work is not tended to enough at the beginning. Mm -hmm. So we rushed through did everything right from the, you know, looking at the financials and some of the due diligence. And Jane, I'm talking about more of a legal and formal partnership. So this was a, an actual acquisition, but did not spend enough time just with me, with their CEO, getting to know the organization, the culture. And we rushed through the people part. And I wish I would have done a better job of spending more time 
um, not letting the other organization's agenda, because they were essentially, which happens sometimes in crisis, and really saying, I can appreciate that. Let's put in a management services agreement to start, or let's have some other relationship prior so we can walk almost like dating hand in hand and get through some of those issues together. So very strong with checking off the box with the programs, the program model was dynamite on paper. The values looked good. We were both in a growth mindset on our strategic plans, but um, we didn't spend enough time with the culture aspect, which can really come back to haunt you as you know. Yeah. Before we get back to our interview, Need help recruiting experienced and qualified applicants for your nonprofit job openings? Posting your job openings with the Greater Cincinnati Nonprofit News will help you reach thousands of experienced nonprofit professionals each week. To learn more, go to our jobs page at jpsnonprofit.com. So another, I think, can often be a key player in these partnerships and alliances are funders. Yes. What role have you seen funders play in partnerships or alliances? Well, another good question. And here's what I would say also on the what, what I would do. Actually, not what I would do differently, what I would keep doing because we've done this well, um, just due to some really good advice by my board chair. We involve funders pretty early in the process, particularly if it's going to go down the road to a, a more of a merger acquisition or legal process. And I have found their insight to be incredible. I mean, they don't have a stake in the game. You know, they're um, they're looking at it through a neutral lens. I do continue to believe, Jane, and I'm sure you would agree that most uh, funders appreciate partnerships and um, they understand. I think over the years, they're understanding also um, the startup needs. So I know United Way and others have funded um, organizations to get together and talk collaboratively. So I think the role of the funder and donor is important. And I think other CEOs should get to them as quickly as possible. They're, they can be co- a confidential resource for you and see things that you're not even seeing. Yeah. No, I think that's um, some interesting insight about that, but what a yeah. key role that they can play other than just funding. Absolutely. And that's a part of your own, you know, when you go, you go through, and I'm talking more macro now, but obviously when you're thinking through a potential partnership, there's steps that you would take, like your own self-assessment of, like I mentioned, you'd acknowledge your strengths, et cetera. But then you're also assessing the opportunities and the environmental landscape out there. I would put that in that assessment phase before I go to the engage phase of who else can I talk to? Or is there another trusted, you had mentioned funders, but is there another trusted partner that I could say and just uh, name it? I have this issue within the organization. I'm interested in working with somebody else to like move this impact along. Try it on for size with a trusted partner. It can have some level of risk. So you got to be careful in selecting the right partner. But I think when as a CEO, your job is pretty isolating and you have your board chair, but they're not often in the business. Find somebody that you can bounce the idea off of first before you approach a potential partner and a donor, a trusted donor could be that person. Yeah. So... One of the things that, you know, we sort of even led with was one of the reasons that nonprofits even look for partnerships or alliances or collaborations, because it can, it can increase the impact. Yes. So what do you see as some key measures of success in a partnership? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. One of the things I would say is, um, you know, we're all just human beings that make up um, organizations. And I would say, what what I want to partner with this organization again, I mean, at the bare minimum, was this a good experience? And I've got several that I would point to. 
other more, um, you know, dashboard measures that I would look to is, is there, did we move the needle on something specifically? And Jane, those, the obvious point is those success metrics should be established early on. You know, there's a period of time where you're getting to know each organization and what they bring to the table, but that's why you're together, those shared goals and those goals should be measurable. So I think another metric is, were, uh, is there a larger population was served? So was impact, did you serve more? Did you serve our um, community? Cause that's why we exist better. Did you serve them faster? Do you have a long waiting list and you were able to um, cut that waiting list in half? Yeah. Is there a new um, trouble, like I mentioned with children that were being expelled from preschool? So did you tackle an issue that you could not have tackled before? Um, there's certainly things like your revenue, often your revenue will grow as well. You might attract different donors. Maybe there was something in your portfolio. So if you have a new donor or new donor dollars that are coming to the partnership, I like to put that further on in my continuum of the dashboard for success and really focus on the impact. Did the client, did something get better as a result of you at the granular level? And if so, what were those metrics? Did it also bring capacity or build an expertise that you didn't have? And many of the collaborations I've been a part of have been mental health joining with me if I've been in early childhood. So those are pretty clear and distinct. But we had to get together and um, say, how are we going to do the service delivery model for, for this example it was childcare. So we were not going to become mental health specialists. That would be absurd as childcare. Let's partner with a strong mental health agency and do the work together and work on that shared goal. Okay. So I think our time's about up. Do you have any final thoughts? You know, my final thoughts would be make, make sure that the mindset is there first, like I mentioned. So really as a CEO, spend some time reflecting on it. Don't be afraid to take risks. There will be some that work and some that don't work. And I think CEOs in our community are pretty open to that. But if you don't try, obviously you won't see the opportunity. Okay. Well, great. Thank you so much. Um, I think you've offered our listeners some great insights and some really great tips to consider as they look at partnerships and collaborations. So Shannon, you ready to share your joke? I am ready. I, uh, Jane, you know, we joke, this was the hardest part about this podcast. So <laughs> here we go okay. with all of its corniness. Why did the vampire not make a good CEO? Why did the vampire not make a good CEO? What do you think? I don't know. But because he could not bear the stakeholders. <laughs> yep. That's oh, I about- love that, Shane. And that's a great one with Halloween coming up, right? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Tis yeah. the season, right? Thanks, Jane. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. And don't forget, it's easy to share our podcast with your colleagues, board members, and volunteers. You can listen and share our episodes from our podcast page on our website at jpsnonprofit.com. Thanks for listening and join us next time for Nonprofits Let's Cut to the Chase.